gosh. I, I now get to see what you you and Ryan always see with Andy dancing into the music. It's very embarrassing. I feel like George of the Jungle. <laughs> it, you don't a, have long enough hair. Is it a tick? You just can't help yourself. Oh, it can come back. Yeah, I can't help myself. <laughs> it's it's yeah. a... Thump, thump, I'm thump. broke. Like when you do that, and I, the, I can't help that. The pinching of my brow. I, I can't stop doing this either man <laughs> have you guys gone back and watched yourself any yeah. oh yeah yep. oh yeah. We, we we're the hardest critiquers of this podcast yeah where do you think half of our 400 views come from <laughs> <laughs> all right welcome to mountaineer kingdom do talk we have a very special episode today this is a uh, part one of a two-parter and we want to talk about faith in the valley and uh, relying on christ to get us through it uh, we have a special guest, Mr. Matt. Matt Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Um, thanks for coming. Thanks for being we'll here. We'll add a applause track to that. <laughs> I've been like when the Stone Cold Steve Austin with the glass breaks. The sh- yeah. Um, Just put a whole lot of echo on his and it'll be all right. Andy's my biggest fan. <laughs> I love you, Matt! And there goes the speaker again. Oh. <laughs> Sorry if you're listening in your car. Subwoofer's just blown. But we got Jared, who's a regular, but he's going to kind of take in some interviews with the questions for us today. And we just want to start with what, as being a dad and a father, what, how's that important to you and how does it shape your everyday life? Well, it's, it, it, it's in, probably one of the most important things that I do is, is be a dad. I, mean, I got three kids and, um, leading them and, and kind of helping guide them through life is tremendously important. Um, but I, I think that, um, that I, <laughs> the shenanigans start uh, already. We're, we're like <laughs> two yeah. minutes and 32 seconds into the episode. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, I, I, I think that I, I got a better understanding of, of the nature of God after being a dad. Because I mean, the Bible calls him like our our heavenly Father. He is our Father, and to get a good understanding of of who he is, um, being a dad, being a father is 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 important to that. I mean, I've gotten a lot of revelations of just life in general and, and what God wants for us by trying to lead my own kids. Yeah, it's a reflection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, pretty much what he was saying. I mean, the responsibility, the accountability um, of taking care of someone and putting a foundation into someone mm-hmm. who's going to be contributing in a good way to society. Uh, yesterday, I was thinking about stuff as I was trying to prepare myself a little bit for the podcast, and uh, I was thinking about how much time I spent with my dad Mm-hmm. And I think maybe the other thing I'll bring into this is is my father-in-law too, because what's interesting oh, yeah. with my story is that um, you know I moved away from home, and so I I left my mom and my dad, went up to Fairmont State, played football, you know, met my wife, and then when after meeting Leah, um, you know, I start hanging out at her place. Her dad's there; he's a business guy. He uh, well liked, uh, just a, a sense of common sense and business sense that um, you could always learn from him. So I was picking up on stuff that he was teaching, mm-hmm. uh, whether he knew he was teaching me or not. Yeah. So it kind of replaced 
uh, that kind of father figure on a daily basis. I'm not saying right. he replaced my dad, but it was something where <clears throat> uh, there was another dad, another father in the situation that I was um, learning from. Yeah. Because I wasn't learning from my dad on a daily basis. I didn't. Maybe we'll we'll talk through this a little bit throughout the podcast because it's it's something I kind of want to explore a little bit because I was crunching some numbers about. Okay, so my dad only had 19 or 20 years that he had time to pour into me right? before I left. And then another 20, 21 years, Leah's dad, being around him and picking up on his mannerisms and his thoughts, was pouring into me. Yeah. And now, no father-in-law, no dad. You know, so I'm, I'm left with... Where do we go from here? Hopefully, the foundation they poured into me yeah. is something of good that I can pass on to my boy. That you'll get both aspects and point of views yeah. that you're kind of funneling that into to your son. Right. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know you just read it to us, but I've, I loved that definition. Do you mind sharing that? Yeah. So I was looking up the in, in, in the Bible, in, in the Greek... Uh, definition of father it's pater p-a-t-e-r one who imparts life and is committed to it a progenitor bringing into being to pass on the potential for likeness and whenever i was reading through that uh, it made me think of genesis that we are made in the image and the likeness yeah whenever god said let us make man and uh, and then you know Jesus in in the book of John is talking about that he is the Son of God, the likeness of God, which they said it was blaspheming, and yeah. so mm-hmm. uh, you know Father is is a big deal, and and you know you and I, Josh, we've talked about Miles Monroe, oh yeah, where um, you know Father means source, so maybe that might be something I talk about too, <laughs> is that um, you know being the source of uh, something good. Obviously, we know man and woman get together. Man gives the seed to the woman. The woman incubates it and makes yep. it into a child. But the father, the man, was giving that life source. Yeah. And so um, whenever I read through the Bible now, and, and Jesus says, my father, he's saying, my source. <clears throat> My source is this. Uh, is that something? Is that a new perspective since your situation, or is that some? Is that how long have you been researching it that way? I've been researching researching it that way probably the past, uh, let's say, three to five years. Okay, with with Miles Monroe, but but obviously with the new situations of my dad passing, my father in law passing, it's put an, a different spin on it for me. Um. And, you know, whenever I think about, okay, my father-in-law is gone, my dad is gone, like they were a source of someone I could lean on and have conversations because they've been there and done that, right? Yeah. You know, they, they had a five-year-old son. They had a 10-year-old son. They had a teenager. Dad, what you do in this situation? And I was thinking about this yesterday, too, is that I, I can't make those calls anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, so not saying that I was leaning on my earthly fathers too much, at all, but now yesterday thinking about this stuff, it really highlighted you better really heavily rely on your heavenly Father. Yeah, you know he's he's been at the end of time. Yeah, he knows the end from the beginning, so he has all the answers. 
And so that picture came through of, I no longer have those earthly sources. Now, I really need to be touching base with my Heavenly Father. Well, we were talking earlier, um, and I want to jump in on over the Jared here in a second, that as we have, especially being a dad, and we're either, you know, we're, we're proud or we have disappointment if something negative happens, or we're reaching out to other people more than him. How does that make him feel? Because I know how that would make my dad feel. Right. That's right. And there's always that good reflection. It reminds me of, I forget where it is. It's probably Psalms, um, where he talks about the eagles. And I was doing a little bit of research on how the uh, eaglets learn to fly. The father that pushes them out of the nest. And as the eaglet or the baby eagle is falling, it turns around and the father is showing them how to fly. Huh. And then it, before it hits, it's already doing that because we are looking at that reflection. Mm. That's, so that's what, good stuff. what's changed mm-hmm. for you um, in the way you study or giving you a new perspective? Everything. Um, so, so my dad passed away about a year ago here in May. And, um, and he was, he, he lived with me for probably what the last five years, four years, something like that. And, uh, he, uh, from a spiritual standpoint was tremendous in teaching me and, and helping me grow throughout my life and, um, taught me to look at the Bible in a different way. Taught me how important having faith is. Um, and, uh, so when, when he passed away, um, I felt all of that responsibility fall on me. Mm. And, and he was the patriarch of the family. Uh, after my grandfather had passed, it was, my dad was the oldest of three brothers. And, um, uh, for, he was the first one to, to, to pass of the, of the brothers. And, um, I felt like all of that responsibility that he had keeping up with everyone in the family and making sure everyone was good fell on me. Yeah. And, uh, and then, it changed how how I study the Bible because I don't have I don't have that sounding board that he used to be anymore. Yeah, he was a good one. And and then you talk about like relying on the Heavenly Father a lot mm-hmm. more. Um, and, uh, on on past podcast episodes, we've talked about listening to the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit is the Heavenly Father, mm-hmm. and uh, getting to a place in my life. And, and, and with my spirit being able to, to listen to, the, to his spirit more and turning that into a conversation mm. instead of a one-way request line, having it a conversation with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've always enjoyed conversations with your dad. And the thing is, he, he was uh, very encouraging. You know, even with that motorcycle accident, uh, having to do rehab, and I remember having some conversations with him, um, very positive perspective and uh, it was always encouraging to have a conversation with him so I mean he was laying good work in people he was talking to yeah um, I'm sure that if we could uh, you know really sit and think about stuff there there would be so many things that would just pop in your mind about what all good your dad taught you mm-hmm. you know oh absolutely I mean I, I remember um, just when after Trinity and I got married, we were doing just long before Trinity started doing life groups. But uh, we uh, we were doing some life groups with some of her uh, her previous church, and because uh, they were about folks our age, and um, 
the, there was stuff that they were talking about that I just assumed everyone knew and I'm bringing up conversation in, in, in different points that I've just always grown up hearing uh-huh. about faith, about the Holy Spirit, about different things like that that I just assumed everyone gotcha. heard. Yeah. And I, I realized then like how much my dad had poured into my life growing up. Mm. And and then my uncle as well. Uh, my uncle's got a doctorate in theology, so I, I really lean on him a lot in, in trying to pick up some of that information. Well, and that's interesting perspective that you have you were having all this good stuff poured into you and it, it's like it was hard to really understand until until you had a moment of contrast of what value that was that yeah. he was pouring into mm-hmm. you and when you were listening to him do it to someone else or talk to someone else and, and what they were gaining from it this whole time man you were eating high on the hog kind yeah. of so to speak and, and had no clue right 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 yeah <laughs> so you don't know what you got yeah, yeah yeah and then just being appreciative of that and i think yesterday i was going through uh, a lot of uh, thoughts and past events and i i was just it was there at my house by myself and i was god i said god thank you that my earthly father found a way to show up he found a way to provide he found a way to work through whatever physical pain he had to go to that job to make sure that we had food on the table and you know um in one of the one of the moments i had for and i'll remember forever is that you know my dad worked a a double shift just so that he could make it to my football game and i'm sitting there i knew exactly where i was we were playing martinsburg bulldogs and um, i'm over in the end zone doing some warm-ups and i saw my dad come into the stadium and I, I just broke, man. I just broke and yeah. just started crying because I knew what it took for him to get there. And he never missed a game, never missed a game. And uh, so yesterday I was reflecting on some of those memories and just saying, God, thank you that I had an earthly father that just found a way to show up. Yeah. You know? See, and that reminds me, we were just talking a minute ago, of how God, our heavenly father, never misses and his timing is perfect and when we have those earthly reminders or those role models if you will that it just gives us a new perspective or a renewed perspective on our father mm-hmm. yeah oh, absolutely yeah so um one, you know, one of the things like my dad is it was was really a a dad of two tails so like there was the the paul that everyone saw at church uh-huh then um, really kind of later in his life, that became the same person he was at home. But for a long time, there was, it was, there was two different, two different policies. I got you. And, um, and, you know, Serena and I have really talked about it really, even before he went into the hospital. And then while he was in the hospital, that his, his, his health was purely based on the level of faith he had at the moment. Mm. So he'd suffered from stage four kidney failure for well often on stage four kidney failure for better part of a decade wow and uh never went into dialysis until he he was in the hospital for his heart attack that ultimately Mm. got him and uh but he would go in and do blood work and his his kidneys were late stage he needs to be on dialysis and then he would go in overboard praying about it he would go back in three months later for blood work and his blood work was low stage 
three, like almost a stage two kidney failure. Mm. And then he would start getting lax on it. And then his kidneys would start getting worse again. Mm. And as long as he, um, as long as he stayed very diligent on his, on his prayer, his kidneys were doing good. The moment he started getting comfortable and like, yeah, Hey God's, we're moving in the right way. We're moving in the right way. They would, they would go the other way. And, um, but growing up, I mean, it was, I mean, dad very rarely missed a baseball game Mm -hmm. or very rarely ever missed like karate practice or stuff like that. Um, but after my mom died, there was a, there was a big shift and I, I I was getting older and I saw a different Paul Mm. and, um, I mean, none of us, I can't judge him because mm-hmm. I pray that I'm never in that situation that he was in. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it, it really, what I saw was more, a little bit more of a selfish Paul, but at the same time, spiritually, he was always there mm-hmm. and like spiritually, anytime that I had questions, he was always there and he did the best that he could, um, considering, but, uh, it was, it was a different, it was a different Paul. And then when he got remarried, it was still yet a different Paul. Um, we all kind of felt like we took a back seat mm-hmm. for a lot of it. And uh, it, it was, it was a struggle. Yeah. Have you, you've talked a little bit about how he, your dad has affected you. What kind of, uh, and I saw Paul with, with your kids a lot. What was that relationship like that you see him, not as dad now, but granddad? Right. So my mom, um, and the relationship I have with her, uh, she's an incredible grandmother. Just, I mean, one, when they, I guess that they're not yours and that you don't have as much of that responsibility for the disciplinary side, that's up to mom and dad. But now I get to be the grandparent. What has, have you seen differences or been reminded, hey, that's how my dad was with me? So my dad had, I, I, when, when you count, both marriages that, that he had a total of 10 grandkids. Wow. And he was a completely different, um, he, he was, uh, and, and I, I think when, when, when you're in the moment as being a dad, trying to raise your kids, you, you look at them and, and you, you, you take a much stronger role and responsibility. When you become a grandfather, you're, <laughs> I, I get to sugar him up and send him home. Yeah. And he kind of had a lot of that as he became a, a, a grandfather. And I mean, three of mine, three of my sisters, and then he had four step grandkids. Okay. I think it's interesting listening to how you're explaining that. Uh, I think back to the book Fathered by God by John Eldridge, and it talks about the phases of life that we go through as men. And <clears throat> all of us here are fathers, and you know that moment, like for me, my kids weren't really real until they were there and I could physically hold them yep. and in the womb. It doesn't connect for us, but when that right. child comes out and stares at you for the first time, you're like, Whoa, now there's this transition. We, we trend, we go through a transition from cowboy as John Eldred puts it up to, I can't remember what the next level is, but now you guys are discussing this further evolution of what we go through as men and how we transition and what that role means as we move into different phases of life and how those have impacted you on, on both those levels. And you guys are both in the stage now where you're kind of transitioning from, forget what the, the middle age is where we kind of are, are, are now, but transitioning more to that king and then the sage phase 
again, Father by God by John Eldridge really breaks this down, but you guys are manifesting kind of those phases in in the midst of those during this transition. It's just really cool to see on the outside. Uh, Matt, I mean, let me ask you this, um, because I I know how I feel about it, but since um, your dad passed and your father-in-law passed while while you're relatively young, Mm -hmm. um, do you feel that that's moved you kind of into that stage a little quicker? Well, you know, the thing I was thinking about is just uh, the contrast between you and I with with our dads. And it's it's neat that this is set up like this because I've really thought about, you know, how I left my family. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't really learn from my dad on a daily basis anymore because I was I was not there. I mean, we're, we're hours away. And how far I'd, away was that? Three hours away. So you were originally from? Uh, Musselman. Okay. Uh, I was a Musselman Appleman. Over in Berkeley, uh, Berkeley County, and so whenever I left there and came up here, obviously life is here, and I, I didn't have those everyday moments with my dad. So your dad lived with you guys, you know, the past five years. So those little moments of seeing each other and just striking up a conversation, which led into maybe something philosophical or something to financial, I, like I. I didn't get to have those conversations with my dad. If I called him, it was a five-minute conversation, uh, just checking in how each other's are doing. Yeah, <clears throat> and that's why I say, you know, my father-in-law kind of picked up that mantle of I would be over their house three days a week at least having dinner, and there you are, you're having conversations about normal life stuff. And well, how'd you handle that, or how how did this come across, or how did that start? Well, how did you handle that financially? Uh, which I didn't realize that I was learning in the moment. Um, but I, I really like how it's contrasting what you, know, you living with your dad. Um, and this is just something I'm thinking about a yeah. lot. It's just that, that foundation that was laid and how important it was. Um, but moving me into an early stage, um, it is a thought process, kind of what we were talking about before we started recording, is just like, why, why did this happen? I mean, the Lord knew that this stuff was going to take place. Mm-hmm. So what is trying to, what is He trying to build in me? What is He trying to help me get through so that it builds me up to be able to deliver a certain product to others, Yeah, if that makes any sense? Yeah. So and I shared a couple of episodes ago, probably I think it was the second one, some of my early testimony and some of the things that happened to me as a kid. Um, and there were times like, I wonder why that always happened. I wonder why that did and that. And then I stop and look now at the ministry I'm in at the church um, and how I'm volunteering with uh, reaching out to foster kids and seeing how I can help support mm. them. And there's some things that I went through that my early life wasn't the easiest. Um Again, poverty, depression, you name it. We went through some, some bad stuff. But God was molding me to prepare me for this season. Right. And, and I know that purpose to where you're still kind of like, okay, what is mine? Like, what's what was the, not the intent, but what's the design behind this for me to step out and to use it for your kingdom? Well, yeah. And I tell you what, I mean, and I don't mean to just bounce around to different subjects or whatever, but... That's you know, how we roll here. Okay. Yeah. That's the way it goes. <laughs> so if I don't get back to something, just we'll kick, get you kick me in the shins. But uh, Kick him anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, something I was thinking about was uh, in 
2020, uh, my sister's father-in-law got killed in a sawmill accident. Mm. Okay, so that's summer of 2020. Then a year later, my father-in-law passes away in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Three months later, my uh, Leah's brother, uh, his father-in-law, died. Wow. And then in December of 21, my dad died. So I'm thinking, what in the world is going on? Yeah. That that these father figures are being snuffed out. And so this really got me thinking about um, a lot of different things and behind the the why of of what's going on what like why is this happening why are these father figures being snuffed out uh for for whatever reason and that's making people uh grow up faster especially for everyone who leaned on that that father figure now they've got to make different decisions they've got to respond differently they don't have someone to kind of talk through stuff and it just it really projected people into or forced them into another season of life that maybe they weren't ready for. So, so I got a couple of quick questions on that. Yeah. So on the, the the individuals that you named, I mean, I know your dad and and I think your father in law were were both Christians. Oh, absolutely. Were how about the the other fathers and father in laws that had passed? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, so oh, I've been kind of running down this mentally as well because i mean there's some other folks that are really close to us uh all, all of us at this table whose da- whose dads have all passed away within really the the, the last handful of years so, i mean your dad passed away in december of 21 mm-hmm. mine passed away in may of 22 mm-hmm. um and then there's what three or four other really close folks whose dads passed away in in, in between may of 22 and just fairly recently. So I was listening to Perry Stone, um, I don't know, about six, eight months ago, something like that. And he was talking about pre-flood with Noah. Uh-huh. That the the patriarchs and, and really the 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 saints of the of the pre-flood that, that weren't that, that that were still kind of relatively close to Adam and like and 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 those in, in the, that generation all died within like just a handful of years before the flood. Uh-huh. If, and if you look like Noah or Adam was like eight, eight, 900 years old and, and you start going down the line and they were all within a hundred years or so of, of the flood. And he said that he, he asked God about it and God said, well, they weren't, they wouldn't be able to handle what's about to come. Hmm on how bad the world was going to get before the flood. And when you sit and think about it, I mean, I'm not sure the ages of everyone's dads, but I mean, it, it, it strikes me odd how many of them had died in their sixties. Absolutely. Yeah. My father-in-law, my dad, my dad was, I think 68, my father-in-law 62, 63, mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, but when you think about it, it wasn't in their 80s or 90s. Right. Like, it, mm-hmm. it, they still had life in them. And I'm, I've been thinking about this a lot. It's like, what what was God saving them from? Mm-hmm. 
protecting them from. I think there's a scripture where, you know, it talks about the righteous are left for protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think about all this kind of, could be kind of crazy stuff of, of why this happened. Why are, I say snuffed out, but maybe, you know, obviously there's a purpose behind it because all good things work together for the good. I mean, and we have to believe that. I thought that was an interesting phrasing that you used that because, and not experiencing that per se, like especially on the level that you guys have, my, that just opened up thoughts to me. Um, and again, I'll just say something that's my opinion and my opinion only. But uh, this first part, I think, is, is kind of proven with how the enemy is attacking the next gen, the, the younger generation right now. Okay, so they're getting brainwashed, they're getting distorted, they're getting misaligned values from mm-hmm. multiple previous generations, and there is such a foundation in that that's just wiped away with this younger generation. So with the attack, I feel that's coming from the enemy on that level. Um, and again, I'm not saying that this is of God, Mm-mm. but now we have an older generation who was firm in their faith and their foundation, who were the elders that were, were losing. So it's almost like a two front <clears throat> attack is what it sounds like. And it's the purpose behind that. And, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying that that is, but it, that's, that's the thought that just came to mind but, when you phrase it that way. But here, here's here's the one thing that, that I think about, and it, it's kind of very much in line with, with what you're – and it's interesting. We've not really talked about this at all. No, we haven't. Um, but, like, the, the Bible says that, that, that Jesus took the, the keys to death. Mm-hmm. So unlike Job, to where Satan was able to um, go to God and, and say, hey, I want to I test – Job, because I think if, if he were, to, I'm paraphrasing obviously, yep. but if, 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 if he were to lose everything, he would, be, he would curse you. And God's like, okay, that's fine, but you're not going to kill him. Yeah. So th- what that indicates is, I mean, God all, still had ultimate, ultimate authority on death, but, but Satan had some authority on it because God was able to put a blockage around that, a hedge around about, could do, to, to Job, whatever you want, but you're not. I'm not going to allow you to kill him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where in in the new covenant with Jesus, as Christians, God has that say. Jesus has that say when we go, not not the enemy. Yeah. So if if you look at that and believe it's true, and I, and I do, that would mean that my dad, your dad, your father-in-law, and the other the other kind of dads in that that conversation, God had chosen that moment to take them for a reason mm-hmm. and um and I've, I've had to rest on, on on a lot of that just because i mean it's it's coming up to the one year anniversary of my dad and um and kind of getting through that all right god you're if, if i knew as much as you did you wouldn't be god and uh so i'm, I'm going to trust in you that that it was the right thing to do um i know my dad had shared with me when um when my mom passed that um, he went in and, and one of the things we don't do enough of in the church and in our personal lives is plead our case to God. You know, the Bible says, let us plead our cases together. And what that is, is you plead your case. God pleads his case mm-hmm. and doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get what you want out of it. But my dad, when my mom was in the hospital had pled his case to my mom or to God about my mom and why she should live and not die. 
And dad told me years later, he says, God told me to let her go because this was the best time for her to go. She wouldn't be ready years later. Mm. And we don't have that foreknowledge. Right. And that's the thing that's hard to wrap your mind around that uh, I think we might get to the point of like, how does this challenge our faith? Is that um, we got to know based on his word that he knows best. Mm -hmm. So if we look, if we work from that premise, then we have to choose to push out other things that are telling us otherwise. So I, I, I choose to believe that my father's passing is, uh, I choose to believe that it's going to lead to something good. Yeah. Now, I know there's grieving, and we all grieve in our own way. Yesterday I was grieving. You know, I was thinking about, you know, I, 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 whenever I got the word that my dad had had a, had a heart attack, and so I was left left work. I'm driving three hours down. Uh, I get a call from from my wife, and uh, she says, "Hey, you know, I just heard that he didn't. He, he's he's gone." And uh, because whenever I first got the call, ambulances coming, those kinds of things. And so whenever she she hung up the phone, I really didn't have much of emotion except for God just help us. But when I got there and I saw him on the stretcher, yeah. I, I asked him to keep him there at the house until I got there, because uh, I didn't want to see the I didn't want the first image of him being in a casket. I wanted to see him as he was, and uh, just spent some time actually praying with my dad uh, there. Uh, man, I I cried. I mean, hard, yeah. just hard. But then after that, man, up until you know, just here and there, I maybe have a little bit of a tear. But yesterday, just thinking about stuff, getting ready for this podcast, it just hit me hard again. And so I'm like, man, shouldn't I have been grieving more? Shouldn't I have cried more tears for my dad or thought more about it or whatever? But uh, I, I'm choosing to believe that something great is going to come from my father-in-law and my, and my dad particularly. Uh, passing away that God has in store for me and that I, I've got to continue to look at it that way because if I don't, I, there's only one other path is just go spiraling down. Yeah. So, so it's interesting that you, you feel guilty about not grieving enough um, because I, I had that same, Nick, you and I talked a lot um, after after my dad died about how I felt like other people would perceive me as not being sorrowful for, for his passing because I wasn't in a, just a, a drop down, like thrash across the floor grieving. Right. And it wasn't that I wasn't grieving. It was, it was a different kind of grief and it hits me differently. Um, you know, it'll hit me. I mean, it hit me yesterday when I had gravel delivered to my house because it would have been dad and I would have been out there debating on how the uh, <laughs> a very passionate debate <laughs> very passionate debate on how the truck driver needed to bring the gravel into my driveway and how and we were, we would actually start putting money down if he gets stuck <laughs> would he have um, told the truck truck driver how to do his he, job he would of course he would yeah. um he had told the truck driver to get out and he'd just do it himself <laughs> as did i actually give um, me the keys so, uh, <laughs> a, guy, a guy that couldn't get the camper down in the laurel fork um in, in the snow and had to have a dump truck driver do it 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I had to, uh, I, I was the one giving the, uh, the, the driver of the, of the dump truck yesterday directions on how to, how he needed to bring his truck into my driveway. Those who play, play those who don't coach. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I, I find it really interesting because I, I've struggled with that a lot. I, I've actually felt guilty that I wasn't. I mean, I remember when my mom died I mean, I was nine years old and it was just nine year old. It was gut wrenching. Mm-hmm. And when my dad died, I mean, we had a difference in that my dad spent two weeks in the hospital from a heart attack and yours was not that long. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they, they were still at the house. Yeah. So like there, there's a difference there and you know, like faith, faith was one of those things. I mean, all every, everybody at this table and, and so many folks that aren't sitting at this table were in prayer with, with us on my dad's healing. And I remember at this one point, the, the doctor called my sister, my, my sister and myself and my nephew into, uh, into the, uh, like kind of the family, the family room. And it's like, you guys need to, if he makes it through the night, it'll be a miracle. So stay close. And my sister looked at me and she goes, well, what do you think? What do we do? I said, well, God's got 24 hours to fix him. Mm-hmm. If that's what the medical science is saying, God's got 24 hours. And um, I think I, I sent a message to you guys and I was like, hey, we're staying up here. I'm not sure what's going on, but if, if you're ever going to be urgently praying for him, now's the time to do it. We went back in the next morning and uh, the doctor was like, I, I, don't, I, I don't know what happened, but he's improving to the point where we think we're going to take him off the ventilator. And he said, he shouldn't have made it through the night. And I mm-hmm. said, well, the difference is, is I know the God that I serve and the God that he serves. And, um, and then something between then and the next week had kind of failed to the point where, where he ended up going. Um, that's always bothered me mm-hmm. is, uh, all right. So like you, you gave us that hope and it, it's something that's, that I've struggled with. And, and when I struggle with stuff, I go hardcore into studying it. Mm-hmm. And at no point do I think that the Bible and God lied about what, what is said in the Bible and what, what God has said. So therefore, if, if the Bible's not a liar and God's not a liar, then I'm not, there was something that we did or didn't do correctly, or we did or didn't do, we needed to do differently. And I went full bore into studying about it, into studying about healing and studying about the spirit, being able to be more sensitive to the spirit. And that's, that's one of the biggest things that changed with me. And I'm not waiting with work if I feel like I'm not performing or I'm not leading the team of people that I've been selected to lead in a, a, a good manner, in a manner that I feel is appropriate. And I feel like I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm weak in certain areas. I just, I, I go to the bookstore, I get books, and I sit there and just absolutely immerse myself mm-hmm. into that topic. Well, you guys were talking about, um, sorry, it's just, so fascinating just yeah. to hear your guys' perspective and, and on this and it doesn't sound like for a, a second you lost faith or doubted or if if you did it's not a sin to have these questions right it's not a sin to doubt oh, it's I, I the questioned outcome it. um so talk to me about questioning it or faith doubt lack of and overcoming that 
Well, you know, I'm just listening to Jared talk. I, once again, I mean, unique situation. We both had our dads die. Okay, that's common. But if, apart from that, it's so unique. His story is so unique. Yeah. Mine, mine's different. It's unique. Uh, and I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, in every situation, God designed us, manufactured us. And, and I think a lot in narrative. So as you were talking, I'm thinking, okay, God, what are you teaching Jared? In that specific example of calling on your brothers in Christ to pray for your dad, your dad has a bounce back, right? So what what did that do? Did that spark your faith? Did I, you know, did that did that ignite something that that took you in a different route? But then to have it turn around yeah. and start going backwards, now you're fighting again, and we know the battle is in the mind. Yep. And so I'm thinking, okay, where's the narrative and all that? What 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 story can be put together of how God is working with Jared? And as you were talking, I was thinking about uh, just in my own household, I, I, we just don't have one person grieving. We yeah, have two. True. I mean, we're so we're you could see it. We're in a house of grief that yeah. just everything reminds us of her dad or my dad. I mean, it's just. And so, how does my wife? support me in my grieving then turn around how do i support her and her grieving and who's first or who goes last and then while still raising a son right absolutely and and, and how he's how he's dealing with stuff i mean we're trying to not lose it still parent and and rear killing the the right way but like how do we do that whenever there's still grieving in us that we need to work through still wounds yeah And so we're watching TV, and I look over, and she's just bawling her eyes out. And I'm thinking, should I be doing the same thing? I mean, should because yeah. we both lost our dads, and so who who grieves more? Who gets the sympathy? Who gets the empathy? And like, it's just, I mean, not that it's a it's a race or it's um, trying to measure it out like that, but my mind goes in a lot of different places. I'm like, God, what what is it that? Why have we experienced? so much loss so much hurt it has to be for something that is of such great value and I'll paint the picture here so Jesus for the joy that was set before him he was able to endure the cross and I I think about this a lot and and, and the word joy has been popping up and I've been uh, we just came out of the month of Adar which means joy and Mm -hmm. overcoming and I, in, in locking on to stuff like that, like Jerry was talking about, if, if he feels like he's lacking in something, he'll go and study and research it. And uh, So I'm locking on to certain things that are faith builders and f- like joy or uh, encouraging inspirational things. I'm, I'm actually overly doing it maybe just mm-hmm. so that I can get my mind into a healthy place and out of the gutter. Yeah. And I, I'm just thinking about the narrative of what what is going on with our life. Thinking about Jesus for the joy that was set before him, he was able to endure the cross. For for the cross to have so much suffering, the joy afterwards had to be that much more rewarding. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because if you if something happens to you on the same level. If the the joy and the suffering is on the same level, I, I think suffering still wins out. Yeah, you know, so just because of these earthly, fleshly 
body that we're in. Yeah, yes. So I'm thinking for all the pain that we're going through, there has to be something of greater value that's of positive and of rewarding. Yeah. Reminds was me. you getting ready to say something? <laughs> uh, I think he was. I, I'm thinking you guys I are apologize talking. if I'm railroading. No, no, Dude, no, no. no, no, you're no you're, you're, I think it's a seat, man. This is why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm listening to you guys talk, and I'm hearing so many themes come up. One, this generational crossover, responsibility, roles, and the things that you are learning. And I'm sitting back, and I'm, I'm appreciating the light that you're looking at it, the fact that you are in, embracing what is the purpose of this, and how does it apply to the kingdom, and how do I step into that role and responsibility, that transition of authority that you guys were talking about, like the, the patriarch of the family and how quickly that came about. But then also some of the circumstances that you were bringing up, J-Rod, about how and why maybe there's a bigger picture being unfolded at this point where there's something else coming. So then we have this event here, us sitting around this table, lifting ourselves up and preparing ourselves for the fight that's that will come. Yeah. And the role that we're playing now as the mid forties, mid thirties, forties, that midlife mid thing. Whatever we <laughs> whatever age we are, that we're in the same season of life. So there's a reason we're sitting around this table and there's been conversations going on and things have been moving and rising up. So thematically, there's these really cool things moving at, at play. And the other thing that you guys have talked about, twofold. One, the armor that we wear. When someone speaks, if they're wearing armor that is shiny and untouched, their voice doesn't carry as much weight. But when someone has yeah. walked through the battlefield and they're wearing the armor that's been dented, chinked, rusted, fixed, patched, and molded, the value of the voice from the person within that armor carries so much more that's weight. That's the guy you follow. That's that's it because you know that his voice comes from experience, and that experience is what gives us the desire to follow. Well, you know, and, and thinking about that, because no one, I think, willingly wants to be the one who's wearing that armor that has been beat up because that yeah. means loss. That means suffering that means hurt that means sacrifice uh, and battles a, a lot and, yeah. of things that are hard to struggle with but then you've got to put your mind in a place of where but yeah but that means that i, I overcame see see that that mind shift yes. so that, that means that i overcame something that that was the next point i was getting at think about your faith and a lot of times we see in, in Scripture a callback, remember, remember when, remember right, when. Absolutely. Now think about that. Each of us have had our own walk, and we've each had a path. And our, not all of our paths go along a straight line. Yours is going like this. Mine goes down here and back and over yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just doing loop-de-loops. Yeah. But each of us has a different faith walk. Yeah. And it started one way where we said, hey, God, if you're real, mm. give me this, right? Or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. I remember my daughter sharing with me. She was like eight, and she was... Saying that, like, God, if you're real, have a lightning bolt strike. And sure enough, boom, lightning bolt struck. And I realized, for me, that was not what I understood my faith to be at that time. But I looked back and I remembered my faith story. And how God has come into contact with me. And how, over time, that my faith, that faith muscle, has had to be flexed and grown. So that the things that I'm having faith in now would never have been achievable when I was a baby Christian. Yeah, yeah. And that's part of where we are part of where your story is mm -hmm. is you're facing these challenges and you're having these questions and not that your faith is on the line but the way that you're perceiving your faith and how you're handling that 
is challenging your perspective of God. When we all became fathers, we all began to intuitively understand, I I understand what God is saying now. There's a transition the first time we hold that child that your heart changes and you look at the world completely different. Mm-hmm. It's the same concept with our faith muscle. As we face these things that require us to maintain faith in the God of all creation, despite our circumstances, despite the challenges we face, we see God in a new light and he causes us to grow. And then, what, what what's the definition of faith in Hebrews? That faith is the substance of things not seen. Substance of things hoped for. The, the, yeah. the substance of seen. things hoped for. So here we are in this season of hope, of fulfillment, and rightfully so, you're looking for the purpose behind it. Mm-hmm. That they, Dude, that is our walk. And now here we are moving into this leadership role as a, as a generation and what that transition looked like and how that's going to prepare us to handle a generation that rejects and mocks God. Well, what, what I mean, what you're talking mm-hmm. about there is with the, the trials and, and things that we go through sharpening us is, I mean, that's in, in James, it talks about how um, kind of blessing for anytime you go through a, a, a trial or a tribulation in it, because what it's doing is it's refining you. And I went into a pretty massive study on that. Um, actually before my dad had died, uh, I was dealing with some other things. And, um, uh, and, and basically what it says is, is anytime you go through a trial that's exercising your, your faith, that's exercising your, your spirit to be able to take on the next thing. So like if, if you're running track, you can't go out and run a 3,200 mm-hmm. meter race until you've practiced that before. Right. You're going to fail. Mm-hmm. And every trial, every, everything you, you, you go through, I can look back, um, as, as we discovered last week, I'm very analytical. Um, so, uh, no way. <laughs> um, Does not compute. As, as I look back over, over my life and the, and the different major trials and tribulations that I've gone through, um, each one has brought me into a new spot that um, allowed me to be able to handle the next one. You know, as you're, as you're talking about that one, I love the, the image of the refining, refining a metal and the heat and the, the pain that that metal has to go through before it comes purified. Oh man. Yeah. I, the, mm-hmm. the imagery of it is amazing because if you are that metal and you're in the fire, it's not a good place for that metal to be until you are massively transformed. It, it's just such a beautiful image and it really captures if you could apply emotion to that. Mm-hmm. That's where we are. And likewise, and for what purpose? You know what I mean, for what purpose is yes. that being purified? Mm-hmm. And because it, it, it brings out a, a value, like if you're talking about gold and silver, uh, you know, why is it being purified? It's getting all those impurities out so that the true value could show up yeah. and then be passed on to somebody. Like we're blessed to be a blessing, Ooh. right? You know what I mean? And, and so I, I think the thing... Uh, you know, just to run with this a little bit, the narrative I think that I would like for all of us guys to to understand is that God is working something in us to do something great. I mean, I, yes. guys, I believe that with my whole heart that we are we are here for a time such as this to do something magnificent. Just something that's just going to blow the socks off, or whether it's it's the socks off of some the region or the state or the nation or one person, or or, or, or absolutely that, right. that's going to then 
make a, a bigger impact later in life too. Yeah. Uh, and I'll just read this yeah, real quick because you're talking about the sufferings. And, and so in R- Romans 5, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we ha- we now stand. And we rejoice, rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope, and hope does not disappoint us. But God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Uh, read, read that, just the book, chapter, and verse. We can throw that up on the banner. Where, where, where was that? Yeah, Roman, Romans 5, and it was 1 through one through 5. I've read that several times, but you hear it in this context, and you're like, hmm. Yeah, I mean, so when, and I, and you know, looking at this, you know, so I, what the word is telling me, I need to rejoice in this suffering. But that sounds so counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. Right? And near but impossible I need to, without his peace. Right. But I, I need to rejoice in this. Why? Why do I need to rejoice in this, Lord? Because it is producing perseverance. We need perseverance. We can't be quitters. Right. Never quit, right? We need perseverance. The perseverance develops a character in us, an integrity. Like, who are we? Yeah. What, what's what's in your name, McJilton? You know what I mean? Who, who are you as a person? Yeah. And then from character, it, it hope. And then the word says that hope does not disappoint. So we need to keep on hoping so that there's no disappointment. But what do you do whenever you're in Jared's situation? You had a, a really nice bump in where brothers prayed. Things were looking good. And then there's a downturn where it's not looking good. It's like, what did that hope for that 24 hours or 48 hours that you know Paul was doing well? So these are some of the questions yes. I get to. And, and you can't let your mind go too far into the gutter of where you're questioning God to the point of where you know what, you don't care about me because that's not the message. I could tell you from an outsider's perspective, especially on this situation, when we got that report, it's like, here we go. Here's another way we're going to praise oh, God for yeah. what he did. And then it didn't happen. And yep. I'm like, okay, so this is a letdown. And not, not if I'm feeling the letdown as a brother, the letdown that the actual children are going through. And, but and, then it reminds me of you called out for unison and unity in prayer and the church answered. Right. Mm-hmm. So my takeaway, and, and this is probably going to sound selfish. I don't mean it to is when I'm in that boat, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I know exactly who I'm going to reach out to because there is unity. Uh-huh. And that's the way that God wants us to function in unity, right? In agreement and having each other's back and lifting up of arms and, when my brother can't walk, I'm going to help him walk. And when uh-huh. he can't fight, I'm going to help him fight because we do this together. So I mean, we have our own individual paths, as you were talking about, but we're all on a path and our paths are going or should be focused on Christ. Our goal, our purpose may be simpler than what we want to. We have a tendency to over to make things more complex than they need to be. Agreed. So <laughs> nah. the, everything we've talked before where the point of any conversation is to bring us back to Christ. So here's yeah. Paul, 2 Corinthians 4. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. 
we're weak. We're broken. Yeah. We're, we're not able to do great things. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. That confusion, those questionings. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. Here's the kicker. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Mm-hmm. That's the purpose, man. Yeah. And, and all that we do, all that we are, all that we go through, if and how we reflect the image of Christ through what we go through, that's how we change the world because it's not mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. We are a vessel for the, the power of Christ. And by the way we handle this suffering, by the way that we draw attention and glorify the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, that will allow people to reflect on their own self by virtue of our experience what the power of Christ truly is. Well, and I think that, I don't mean to cut no, you off, ahead, but I'm ahead. just saying with this thought is that for this time right now, the the um, the atmosphere is so much of wanting, I think, men, people, God of people, to step into their purpose. Yes. To step into what they were manufactured to do to bring about health and healing and inspiration and encouragement. And so whether my dad's passing and my father-in-law's passing shoved me into that, it has put my mind in a different spot where yeah. I'm thinking mm-hmm. differently. And so by me thinking differently, was is God shoving me into this purpose, this design, that I'm going to be a part of this equation that is going to help bring about goodness in a world that is chaotic, confused, messed up, people dying all over the place, yeah. health is horrible. Can't false find information from our leaders abroad and you, you you your rules are turning let me just plug this one quick thing the purpose is and what you just said touched uh touched exactly what our this purpose of our podcast is mm. it's all of this misinformation and men should be this and men should be that no no let's be men as the bible tells us to be men and the next generation's not getting that so who, whose job is that well that's our job to train them up and at least have these manly conversations, this real talk amongst men so that we, that's so that someone, again, if it's one soul that's touched, that reaches out to a brother instead of reaching for the bottle or a gun, right? Yeah, right. If, if one person can be like, okay, who can I call? Who's the godly principles? Can I call to change this? And then that whole family is affected one way or the other, but we're at least getting that word out there to let you know that you need that brotherhood around you. You need godly men and wisdom around you. Where are you going to So, subject? like, I mean, you know, kind of goes back to our kind of our early topic of our discussion on what a dad is. And, um, you know, God showcases constantly what that's supposed to look like mm-hmm. in that he will sometimes take us out of our comfort zone to teach us something, to get us ready for something else. I mean, how many times... Uh, let's take the dad frame out of it. How many times I think all of us at one point have led in, in the workplace. How many times when you have an employee that you know has the talent to do what they need to do, but they need push, they need that urging right. to do it. Yeah. And so sometimes you will get them into a spot where they're uncomfortable to be able to let them grow into what you know, because as, as a leader, you, you can see three or four steps down the road that one of 
your subordinates can't because they don't have the information that you or do. Or the experience. Or right? the experience. What was the governed experience, something you talked about? Evaluated experience. Evaluated experience. So Such there's this concept of a, a bell curve for learning. Uh-huh. And the bell curve starts low, learning being uh, along this pipeline and stress being along this pipeline. But the idea is as you increase stress, make the uncovered learning happens at peaks at a appropriate threshold. There's, there's that term that you use. What was it again? Evaluated. Evaluated learning. So part of the evaluation is supervision. So you can control the amount of stress that's going on to get the maximum output of learning at the top. But if you're not evaluating it and the person gets in over their head, they stop learning the stress, stress goes out. And, and has the adverse effect. Correct. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of this idea right here we have to in order to learn if you if, it, if you're not stressed out at all you're not going to learn well i got this no big deal our ego our pride because we're men gets in the way of that and we just say ah, screw you guys i'm not gonna learn anything i know it but we have to have a certain level of uncomfort mm. a plague of our generation is that we seek comfort above all things well yeah i that is something that i've talked about in in our sunday school classes is that you know, if it takes pain for us to learn true value, if it takes pain for us to grow, should we seek a life of uncomfortable, of being uncomfortable? Should we seek? Should we seek a life of That's where? That's interesting way to look at it. Yeah, it's yeah. like, well, I mean, you talk about we seek comfort, and I know that we have to have respites or periods of where we're, you know, mending our wounds or whatever, but. And you hear inspirational talks all the time talk about, like, you know, we really gain through our sufferings and pain. So if that's true, then, and and I want to learn a lot, does that mean that I'm going to be dealing with a lot of uncomfortable situations yeah. and a lot of pain? Reminds you of the don't pray for patience because yeah, you're yeah, an yeah. alert, right? <laughs> We're on a spiritual battlefield. And having been in a real combat environment, you're constantly pinging. You're constantly in a, in a stressful environment and you don't effectively engage in warfare if you're taking a back seat to it. Yeah. And as Christians, we are on that front. I, I mentioned in our last one, something along the lines of because we're putting ourselves out there and proclaiming the glory of Christ, it puts a target on us. And now we're doing it in a public way. And a very public. We are on the front lines of warfare to your point there has to be a certain level of uncomfort for us to effectively engage warfare. We can go to a combat zone and sit on the fob and pick our nose and play video games all day long. But if you want the enemy to lose, if you want to take it to the fight, you have to seek uncomfort and that challenge and the, the, the potential that you're going to fail, not sit back in the rear. One, one of the things that this really forced that this whole experience from the last year has forced me to do is to, to understand my covenant right with with god what what is it that um that i have through the covenants that god has laid forth a lot what does it allow me to do in approaching god what what certain elements am i now be understanding that what what are things that god has given me the ability to have within my control and what is it that i've got to rely solely on him on so you're questioning the idea that now since you're assuming this new role, what new authority do you have similar to increasing in your responsibility at work? When you get a promotion, that gives you access to different resources, not, something along those lines? Not, not, not necessarily as much as just because 
of when, when I when I look back and analyze what happened, what went wrong with my dad, because like I said earlier, it isn't that the Bible's false and what God says is false is my interpretation or my understanding of what my abilities and what my rights are as a, as a, a child of God. What elements am I able to go into and because God is a God of order. I mean, we've talked yep. about it on this podcast a lot. And I've been really heavy into the Jewish feasts and, and festivals and real heavy into the covenants of God. And those covenants that God put in, dating back to even Noah, those covenants still exist. So the Noah covenant, the Abraic covenant, all are covenants that still exist and apply to us today because we're grafted into Mm-hmm. In, in into being a Jew. Yeah. Um, so there, there are certain covenant rights that we have the ability to access as a born again believer in Jesus that maybe I wasn't using some of those rights that, that where I could go back to God. So and, testing and, off your constitution. Yep. Because, because the Bible says to put God in remembrance. It isn't that he forgets his covenants. He needs to know that we know what our covenant rights are. That reminds me of Joshua when he built that tabernacle, not the tabernacle, the um, stones. Yes, right. When they, when they, yeah, when they crossed over. Yeah, yeah. In remembrance of what God delivered them from, right, and is promising them on the other side. Yep. We're gonna um, we're gonna wrap up here in a little bit. We're we're getting to our mark, but um, I want to share one thing that this kind of you talked about earlier that was interesting was the suffering into joy. Or the joy and the suffering, which outraise uh-huh. it. And then I want to get your guys' final, what you would want someone to take away from your experience so that they could be lifted up and and either proclaim or share their purpose. Um, we've, I've been talking about Peter a lot, but it reminds me of how Peter denied Christ. And then him and John are get the word that Jesus is gone. They've taken him. And then they're running to the tomb. And it says John gets there first. And it, I, it reminds me or I think about how here Peter has lost everything. He's denied his Savior. And as he's running, you know where I believe in his thought process. He goes, now the body's gone. What more can happen to Peter? But what Peter didn't realize was Jesus, when he talked to him, he says, especially go tell Peter that I'm back. Because he knew that suffering that Peter was going through. And then that's that one moment that you know that joy completely outweighed that suffering because Jesus told him you're going to go almost like Job that you talked about earlier, right? Satan's asked to sift you. He's going to, but when you return, when you return, because I've prayed for you, Peter, you were, you were shepherd my people. And then Peter becomes the first Pope, right? He becomes the first leader after Christ. But all of that suffering that Peter went through before that, was to prepare him for that purpose. All of the strong-headedness, all of the, the failing on the water, getting rebuked. You're the rock. Get behind me, Satan. You're going to deny me three times. I would never do that. You're going to do that. Then he loses his Savior's, or then the, the Savior's body's gone. All to mold, to to sharpen him for the purpose that Christ intended. Mm-hmm. Um, just that joy in the suffering. So there is suffering for a season. But there's joy. It's for a season because, you know, we're going to get molded and sharpened as we go. Um, but there's just so much thousand-year-old information and, and 
truth in that book if we just open it and read it and let the Holy Spirit get it on our hearts. Well, and so I think that leads to me thinking that if there's anything that I could inspire someone to do or that I could get out of this, it's like get into the Word as much as you can to get guidance on each and every step that you have to make every day mm -hmm. because you just don't know exactly how that picture is going to play out. But you have to trust that if you're leaning on God and leaning on His Word, that it's going to be the best possible outcome that could ever be. Yeah, and it may not be easy during. It may not be easy at the time. Right. Right. But, right. So you know, you given the the picture of Peter, uh, it's nice to be able to look back and see how that picture beautifully unfolded. Yeah. Here I am in the present, trying to look to the future to see and anticipate what my suffering is going to produce and, and anticipate what level of joy is going to come from what this suffering has has led us to. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I can't get to that excitement and joy or that level of joy if I'm not reading God's Word and going step by step and things that He's asking me to do. Yeah, And so I think as far as my last thing would be just find a way to get into the Word and get guidance from the Holy Spirit as much as you can because you just can't go wrong. You just yeah. can't go wrong when you're digging into the Word. Yes. yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Took us two episodes to get to it. <laughs> and with that, so what, what, what's yours? What's your takeaway for someone? Um, well, I think the takeaway is, is, is that um, everyone's story is a little different and no matter how you deal with it and, and how you're you're fighting or fighting it, um, fighting is probably a bad word, but how, how you're how you're going through the journey, um, as long as your focus is on the Bible and the focus is on um, uh, the, the the Holy Spirit, then what you're doing is what you're supposed to do. It, it is it because we're yeah. all wired differently. Matt yeah. and I are wired yeah. differently. Andy, you, 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 you're wired differently than everyone. Um, yes. <laughs> hey, he's going to scream into the mic again, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but it's, there's no right or wrong way to do it. As long as you're not falling into sin or temptation from outside of the word of God and studying it. If, 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 if in, in our case, I mean, our, our father, our father's passed away. And we know that they were born again, believers, spirit filled. So that means that God chose when it was time for him to leave. And you have to put your faith into that. And you have to understand that he is sovereign. You're not. He, uh. he, he has that. He's got the, that vision to be able to see years down the road that we can't. Mm -hmm. Um, to, to be able to see all the scenarios yeah. that how it would play out to where if my dad would have lived another five years, what would that have looked like? And I, I know we're, we're, we're really close on time. There's a, there's a story I want to share that Kenneth Hagin, um, I, I heard a message that he gave and he shared the story. He, he was talking about being able to, um, go to, go to God and state and, and plead your case to him. And in this one particular case, he was, he was pleading to God about his mom and 
Kenneth Hagin said, your word says that a generation is 70 to 80 years. So give her 70 to 80 years. He said that God spoke back to him and says, I will because you're asking me to, but I would rather you not. Because if you do, and I will do what you're, what you're asking, what your request is, her next five or six years are not going to be quality. Quality. Was it Hezekiah? That one of the kings in the old kingdom asked God to extend his life when he was on his deathbed. And yeah, as a result, years, right? yeah, as a mm-hmm. result of, was that Hezekiah? I, I'd have to look. Yeah, I can't remember. But as a result of that, God granting that to him, the son that was born during that time frame became the biggest terror, the worst king of Israeli history, where he brought back the idols, brought back everything that took the kingdom of Israel away from God. Ahab? A, no, I think it was before that. I, I can't remember who it was. So but would that started the generational because every king after that was continually worse. Potentially, I can't remember. Yeah. But the story was that because it was the end of this king's time and he begged God to continue his time and give him more time, the impact of that affected multiple generations and the the kingdom of Jerusalem. And where Hezekiah. We Hezekiah. So, so, so we, we have to go back to the understanding that God is sovereign. Yeah, we have to trust him. And if if we can't trust him because we don't think he knows more than what we do, and if, if, if we put him in the box that he knows as much as we do, then he's not any different than any, any man-made God then. Yeah. So... Sorry, that was a very long-winded takeaway. That's great. Well, I, was, I was just thinking, I, I don't know how you guys close this out, but... Uh, You're our guest. You get to do it. Well, no, no, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I mean, pressure's on. I think there's still some more thoughts to express. Like, I, I don't know if you guys have to go or... No, keep going. Well, but I'm not saying that we need to run with the podcast or whatever, but, like, even after the podcast is over, because it's such an atmosphere of exchanging ideas and talking about the Lord, like... It'd be interesting to just kick us around. Like Nick has not said a darn thing. <laughs> That's his job. Oh, no. that right? <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I will hear. So, what? End. What's one of your? What's one of the things you want to kick around? There's a. What's the? There, what's the path you want to go? It's. Let's it's, kick it. Well, I mean, it's it's this thing of of, of purpose <laughs> for sure. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, are we just? I mean, you guys control the stuff. I'm. Mean, we're just having yeah. a conversation. But no, no. no, there is a certain point where the computer is going to go. All right, I've done enough of this. Well, well yeah. Well, cut it off where <laughs> you need to. I mean, <laughs> let's do. Have you since you've talked this out a little bit and fleshed it out with us here today? Have you felt that you're getting closer to what that purpose would be for you, or are you just getting then that realm to? I this needs to develop more. I think what I'm getting to is that I'm understanding more that. I have a purpose mm-hmm. and then I need to chase the purpose. I don't need to chase revenue. I don't need to chase money. I don't need to chase these things. I need to chase purpose because the, the, the premise is that God designed you specifically for something. And, and in class, I talk about a cell phone versus a hammer. If you, if you have a cell phone and you're trying to hammer a nail, that cell phone is miserable. Right, it's just miserable because the cell phone was not designed and manufactured to do that. Mm-hmm. But you take a hammer; he loves to beat a nail all day long, even though it's grueling work, it's painful work. That hammer's like, don't put me on the shelf. Let me do some work. 
the cell phone's talking to the hammers like, dude, how can you withstand the pummeling of that nail all the time? How can you do that? And, and I look at some people's lives. I'm like, how can you go through that suffering and still walk in here with a smile? Yeah. Is because they were designed and manufactured a certain way. And so if we think more about our purpose, we we work within the realm of how we were manufactured. And if you start thinking in realms of that, then you start seeing how your life can play out and where you start gravitating towards purpose and what you're supposed to be doing, things that fill your cup up, things that energize you. Like, okay, I need to do more of that. And not feel so bad for doing things that just absolutely drain you all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're finding your place, yourself in a place of where you're just absolute miserable, I, I think it's because you have not found your purpose. Yeah. You know? There was, that's interesting you say that. Um, this definitely needs kicked around more because it does open up so many avenues of thought and direction on where we can go. Um, but there was a time a year ago, over a year ago, at my previous job, I was miserable. Absolutely no focus and purpose. Even in the, my ministry at, at church, it's like, okay, let's, I, I've agreed to this. Let's do it. Um, and that's probably only in at 50-50, right? Um, since changing that, my purpose is, okay, I'm just going to seek the kingdom. It's It just it gets all that distraction away. Uh-huh. If I'm seeking the kingdom, which is the purpose of this podcast, is to promote Jesus and promote the kingdom, then all of, if, if it's not, if I'm doing something that is not toward that, uh-huh. then it's gone. Right, because all it is is a distraction, and it's trusting in God to guide our steps one step at a time. We may not know where we're going, but if we're guiding, He says to go do this, go do that. Yeah, yeah. Before our computer runs out, we'll 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 keep going. Uh, you're up. <laughs> well, so so let me. For... <laughs> <laughs> oh, just um, no no just Matt. Thanks for for coming on to the show. Yeah, and yeah, thanks, yeah. For, thanks for, thanks, for being Matt. vulnerable and, and, and coming on and having this discussion. It was a great conversation. Yeah, it was good hearing from you and be able to just see what, what's been going on in your life and some of your stories. Very interesting. Yeah. That's a commitment to come back. I just heard it. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been great having you today. Uh, make sure you stay tuned to the second part of this episode. We'll be bringing in a couple other guys to continue this conversation about losing dads and things of that nature. Um, if you need any support in this realm, we can definitely hook you up with these guys um, right here. You can email us at mkdutalk at gmail.com. Also, make sure to follow along at our website at mkdutalk.com. Uh, make sure you also like and subscribe to keep up with all of our current and upcoming videos in the near future. Again, we, we thank you today to our guests to uh, Mr. Matt McJilton. And so for the yes man, Jared. Yes. For Mick J. Okay. Andy. And of course, our host, Josh. I am Nick for Mountaineer Kingdom Dude Talk. Real men, manly talk. 867 Are you do the dance again? Anywhere. I'll break the balls. <laughs>